goal is to constantly make those solutions better. Uh, oh, hey, we need mobile as a component. Okay, no problem. Let's go ahead and serve this up to those field workers in an iPad. You know, you're not rethinking the solutions. We provide a lot of native functionality off the bat, including, uh, like I mentioned, the, the tasks, the reporting, the notes, um, you know, the electronic form that might be on the front end of that application. All of that's there. All of it plays well in the same ecosystem, so you never have to tie any of those moving parts together. It legitimately cuts it down from those months like you mentioned or weeks to days of, of configuring, testing, maybe tweaking and fine-tuning and then going live, you know, yeah. 80 to 95% time savings. We, we see people really taking hold of it like fire. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, again, Capture Capitalists here today, and I have a special guest with me, gentleman by the name of Jim Morrison, the specialty sales manager for the application building platform from Highland Software. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, Paul. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the uh, the last day of the year to spend with our listeners and viewers. Um, <laughs> This is uh, an exciting topic. I know we've tried a couple different times to get together and chat about uh, uh, what we call the Rapid Application Development Platform from Highland Software. And uh, so we're, we're happy to have you here today, take the last day of the year, spend uh, an hour with, uh, with all of us to enlighten us on what the heck Highland is doing in the rad space. How about <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's been an exciting year here. We're wrapping up 2019, but... Uh, We've had a lot of great solutions come up this year and use cases for the platform that, that we've applied to um, uh, across the year. So, you know, happy to talk to you and share, you know, any of our stories and successes that we've had this year. What the heck is RAD? What, what is rapid application development and why should listeners and viewers care about that? What's going on in that space? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just... Just the sheer pace of business today has changed dramatically over the past four to five years. I mean, the pace of business, the speed at which that you need to put a solution in place to solve a problem, um, the faster you do that, you know, you know, we have companies today that we work with that every day that, you know, a uh, an area of their manufacturing facility is down is fifty to a hundred thousand dollars of loss per day. You know, so. <laughs> Uh, managing something like incident management for something they've never even thought about in the past, um, that's where, you know, when we say it's rapid application development, uh, that, that to me is twofold, being able to deploy the solution very quickly, but then also being able to change that solution as business changes or, you know, in government's case, regulation and laws change. So rapid application development to me is is not only the ability to go live quickly, but also to manage change quickly and uh, Let's face it, it's, it's rare that you get it right the first time. Um, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Any of our really successful solutions have been changed 6, 10, 15 times over the past you know, few years as that customer was using them. Is RAD like a rapid application development? Is that you know, a typical software development environment like Visual Studio? You know, we're you know, calling propeller heads, um, and I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way. Uh, tone at all, but uh, people that are just ingrained in, in writing code, is that what we're talking about, or is it something a little bit different than that? You know, previously in the past, it was a lot of custom code where you would use these different tool sets and then really use custom code to wire it all together on the back end. You know, where we've moved today is really configuration, is configuring the solution, um, you know, back in like the old Microsoft Access world, you would create these data tables and then relate all those tables to one another. Well, the concept's the same essentially with what we're doing. What we're able to bring to the table that is different is our ability to add all the other tool sets that, that are available from OnBase. So, um, you know, reporting isn't an afterthought. The electronic forms piece, that's all part of it. The workflow. So, you know, being able to use all of those tools to build an application that's more data-centric versus document-centric, that's really where we shine. So you you'd said work view um, is is work view the name of your rapid application development platform? It is. It's it's the work view. You know, I, I don't know if that name is going to stick. Um, it might be the Highland App Builder here shortly, uh, but yeah, work view is essentially 
that is our answer for more data-centric versus document-centric applications. Do you commonly see work view and workflow and, and some of the other tools and the application components of the Highland platform all being used together? Or do you see work view uh, being used by itself? There's very few use cases where WorkView is standalone, where we're simply managing a data set and nothing more. Now, there are some advantages of that. So, you know, we can use those data tables for things like autofill keyword sets. Um, you know, you have maybe employee number 115. Well, and then you already know all the other information about that employee for that autofill keyword set. So, um, we do we use it in those types of fashions from the services side internally for, for some solutions, but for the mm -hmm. most part, you know, it's never workflow versus workview. All of the workview apps that we build typically have workflow as a component that helps to automate, um, you know, the processing, the pushing of that case, that incident, that issue, whatever that might be. Um, you know, we use workflow to route that. Okay, so so workflow is the underlying rules engine that moves the work, the cases, uh, if you will, the packages of information from one step to the next step in a process or different person uh, involved in a process. Workflow is the underlying engine that that takes care of moving that those data, the data and the documents around throughout an organization. Would that be correct? That's correct, yeah, and, and okay. you know, we're able to bring both to the table. So, you know, workflow to me is where something is really born and dies, where a document maybe gets um, matched with other documents, and now we're going to handle the exceptions. So think about invoice routing. Hey, what we bought is exactly what we received on the packing slip, which is exactly what they're charging us on the invoice. So we're putting all these documents together and mm -hmm. using some system work to evaluate, hey, everything matches, let's just route it for payment. Hey, what we ordered is what we received, but they're charging us more. That's an exception. So now let's handle that differently. So workflow is very good at that. Um, but typically what happens is in a workflow process, that's where it's, it, it starts and ends. You know, nobody mm -hmm. ever needs to touch that invoice again. Where WorkView-centric applications shine is uh, when someone does need to do something at the end of that. So Think about contract management. You know, after you sign that contract, something needs done afterward. What what did you agree to on that? What are the obligations of that contract? And ultimately, um, if nothing else, are we going to renew that contract? You know, um, what needs done once that contract expires? Uh, termination process. There's so many processes across any organization that need to live on past the document side of it, right? So that's where we can store the data, report on the data, and really um, you know, create this application for contracts rather than just storing a digital copy of a signed contract. So really, it, it, it becomes, you use the word application, um, you know, uh, where I've got relational data and perhaps documents as well that are all tied together under this platform. Would that, would that be correct? Is that how... Exactly. Yeah, we, we can create a one-stop shop, this this shell that essentially keeps track of the data. You know, what it, what is the contract? What are the vendors? What are the dates? Uh, the documents, including maybe all the drafts that your organization worked internally. Uh, maybe all the emails that have gone back and forth between you and that vendor that you're getting that contract signed. Uh, the critical dates, and then ultimately even the tasks internally uh, mm -hmm. that you guys use to execute that. So, you know, that would essentially be maybe three or four different workflows um, that would be managing that process. We now manage it all with a single workflow under a single hood where you can see, you know, all those moving parts. You'd mentioned tasks, and that's an interesting one because tasks, you know, could be system tasks, right? But a lot of it could be people tasks, right? Things that can't really be automated, that it, but that work needs to be formed, be performed by certain individual or individuals, and even across different departments, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah, tasks to me, and, and again, um, when we create that shell, really, a lot of our customers we've seen succeed in just starting with that, the shell with, with some place to um, create those tasks, create notes, keep track of all the what-ifs, um, and then autom the, the automation piece always comes second because you know, right now, that human being is the automation engine. 
if you were to come in today and try to deploy this solution where we're going to automate it end to end, there's going to be a huge service engagement. So if you start with nothing more than this shell that gives that human being the ability to assign a task to someone internally, you know, hey, legal, do a background check. Hey, uh, finance, make sure that this person is up to date on their payments, you know, whatever that might be. Um, and then we can always automate in the future. Uh, I always talk about, you know, task generation. Uh, think about like employee onboarding. We're going to hire mm -hmm. Paul for this this role within my organization. Uh, these four things need to be done by these four departments. You know, HR needs all these forms filled out. Uh, facilities needs to get you a desk. Um, IT needs to, you know, assign an Active Directory account, get you a laptop. Um, mm -hmm. The mobile department needs to get you a phone uh, and, and a badge maybe to, to get in and out of the building. So if, if you create a document-centric application for that, so... This form gets filled out. Maybe we get a call over from your HR system like PeopleSoft that says this hiring decision has been made. Well, if you route that through this linear workflow, it's going to take a long time to get that person onboarded. Mm -hmm. We're able to get that decision over and generate those tasks automatically for each department. Mm -hmm. And everyone okay. co can collaborate on that onboarding process. So, you know, you're not waiting for facilities to finish their work before you have to, you know, create the Active Directory account, do, do the work that you need to execute. So, yeah, tasks can be this collaboration process. It can be automated. It can be ad hoc where someone can manually add those tasks. But, um, yeah, just the ability to track those and, and assign them to someone and with a due date and things like that. And then the ability for those individuals to see those either as an email alert or maybe a separate filter in their system. When they log in, it just says my tasks, and they can see anything that relates to their username. And so these tasks uh, that get created in this in the in this this application framework, um, I think you said you're calling it the Highland App Builder now, as opposed to maybe work for you in the in the future. Um, it, is that what can be developed through configuration or deployed through configuration, as opposed to be, you know, a, a software developer having to write code to do all those different things? Exactly. Yeah. So we configure the tables. You know, the, the concept from the top down is what is the application? So I'm just going to stick to contract management because we talked about that. So contract management's our app. And then underneath that, we have the pillars really to build that. The next thing would be our classes. So what are our tables of data, that relational data, and how is it going to relate to one another? So uh, for contract, you know, we would have the contract itself. We might have vendors as its own class. We might have the tasks and notes as classes. Um, and then even internal employees. And, and all of that ties together on the back end through configuration. Now, what we were able to do with our most recent release this year of OnBase is we created a tool called the ACE file tool. And that stands for Application Creation Accelerator, pun intended there with the E, Excel, because we use Microsoft Excel to establish those tables. So you start with an Excel document, you lay out the, the data in the format that we require, and then you upload that Excel document to start the building process. So um, that legitimately from when we talk about rapid application development in the past, you know, Highland was all configuration, but it was really a time consuming process. You had to go in and configure every single table, every single attribute. And then go back after you've done that and relate them all to one another, make sure everything made sense mm -hmm. before you built and went forward. Well, now you do that all ahead of time on an Excel file, and we've got some great um, error handling. When you upload that, it'll tell you if, if there are some problems with, between your relational data. So it's really, really quickly to get started, and we're actually taking a stab at producing a lot of these ACE files to get you started. So... Uh, for instance, we have a software and solution tracking ACE file that allows you to track, you know, one of the challenges we see at every organization, regardless of what vertical you're in, is tracking, you know, how many pieces of software and solutions you use across your enterprise. Mm -hmm. um, imagine you become the IT director at a county or a city, and you step in, and you say, how many pieces of software does the county own? How many solutions are we using across the board today? Very few people have an answer for that. Well, we have an off-the-shelf, essentially, ACE file that allows you to track all your solutions, the software that supports those solutions, and then even one step further, the licensing that ties to the software that supports the solution. So if you are going to maybe mm -hmm. deprecate a license, you'll see up the chain what solutions that's going to affect. Um, so those ACE files, 
Uh, we've got a contract and, and vendor tracking one. Uh, we've got the solution tracking ACE file. We've got uh, multiple uh, flavors that we're trying to produce. But even with our base, uh, not to drop a rhyme here, the case ACE file, uh, <laughs> you know, that has a case. You start rapping for us? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, that has a case, uh, a case subtype a case type, you know, a vendor or, or entity involved. And with very little manipulation of those naming conventions, that can become, you know, many different solutions. So uh, that was our, our stab at creating that vanilla, you know, application, so to speak, that um, customers can manipulate and make their own. The well, real time savings there is obviously laying out the data and, and making sure everything makes sense. That's one side of it. But the other side of it is you're able to specify your data sets your filters of that data, uh, and even the views that that is going to be on right on that Excel document. So wow. you wow. legitimately are able to stand up a, a an actual usable app right from that Excel document. And the example that I'll send over to you that I'll, I'll have laid out is a student advising app. Our higher education team came to us and said, we're going to do a webinar on app building. What's a good app for, for higher ed? Uh, we put a survey out, and the one thing that a lot of folks needed was student advising, um, and in particular around ADA requirements. So student advising for students mm. that require specific accommodations. Uh, there's not a whole lot of off-the-shelf software for that today. So we whipped together this app, and um, again, I'll share that the screenshots and the ACE file with you so you can show those. But um, you'll see the, the the filter, the data types. You know, we specify all of that in the layout of the Excel document. What would you say from a time-saving standpoint? engineering this kind of approach towards rapid application development, what does that stand to benefit for the customer? I mean, is it, is it cut things down from months and quarters to weeks and days? I mean, what, what, what is the, the real impact of you guys engineering that kind of approach to uh, rapid application development? It is, yeah. It, it legitimately cuts it down from those months like you mentioned or weeks to days of, of configuring, testing, maybe tweaking and fine-tuning, and then going live. You know, an example I can provide to you is we had a customer in the state of New York that was managing their FOIL process, so uh, public mm -hmm. record requests, freedom of information legislation, as it's called in the state of New York, um, and they already had the electronic form built. The problem is they had this very linear workflow, and for any of those requests that were a little bit more elaborate or elegant, as I would call them, you know, they would get stalled in this workflow and they would take way too much time. So what we did was we created an app in one day, one day of development. We sat, we looked at their electronic form and we built this app, this, this shell for them to then take that form and route it into this application where we now have reporting, critical due dates, the ability to assign tasks to various departments. Um, and then all the documents are right there in that, that nice neat folder. Wow, wow, that, that's amazing. That's uh, that's quite impressive. So I, I would say minimum 50% savings in time, but what we're seeing is upwards of, I would say 70 to 80% versus traditional, uh, and that's our traditional configuration tools. So not even coding. If we're talking versus a coding a solution from the ground up, I mean we're yeah, talking that's everywhere a whole different from story. you know yeah. 80 to 95% time savings because. Yeah. The things that we forget is we provide a lot of native functionality off the bat, including, uh, like I mentioned, the, the tasks, the reporting, the notes, um, you know, the electronic form that might be on the front end of that application. All of that's there. All of it plays well in the same ecosystem, so you never have to tie any of those moving parts together. And the, other, the other big thing we're seeing from clients, I mean, I, I don't come across a customer situation where they don't want analytics or data dashboards, right? Not reports, but dashboards, <laughs> right? I, I want to view real time into what's going on in my, in my processes, you know, from a holistic standpoint down to, you know, various tasks or individuals or groups of individuals, right? I mean, it's, you, you can't live without it these days. Everybody wants it. So that's, you had mentioned that dashboards are part of the whole, um, what's the new term, Highland App Builder, App Builder process, yeah. right? And uh, so having that functionality built into the product right out of the gate, that's got to be a huge time saver. Yeah, so just visually, just come along with me here. I'm, I'm going to describe it. So essentially, 
the app builder takes your data. So let's say this form gets submitted for a contract. You have the ability to parse out all of your contracts through filters. And those filters are predefined constraints of data. So uh, the example here would be maybe show me all hardware vendors, show me all software vendors, show me all vendors with the current status of active. You know, those would all be little uh, links that you would click and then you would be presented with data that looks a lot like an Excel sheet. Mm -hmm. um, with the columns and the headers. Well, you have the ability to sort that data, to full text search that data, to do anything that you want with that. But then you also have this button at the top of the screen on any of the applications that we build that says display as dashboard. So you can take that Excel type view of all the data in the columns and rows and display it as a dashboard at any time. And, and those dashboards are live. So as you click through columns and the pie chart, mm -hmm. The data itself will update, you know, within that graph. Um, and then aside from that, that side of it, we also have reporting dashboards where we can now look at the analytics, like you mentioned. So what's our average time maybe to process a FOIA request from submission to fulfillment? Uh, what's the current workload of all my employees that are managing uh, FOIA requests or contracts or whatever that might be? Um, and that allows us to be more predictive going forward. Hey, we have this new request mm -hmm. just came in. Who are we going to assign that to? Well, let's go look at the current caseload. Let's assign it to who has the the least amount of work on their plate. So that's that's, that's all part of the 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 whole ecosystem there. I guess that's that's really um, a key differentiator for Highland, right? Is the fact that you have Rad, you know, the Highland app um, builder program or application wrapped under this entire or wrapped into this entire umbrella of offerings right the reporting dashboards i mean let, let's face it you know foia <laughs> requires documentation right so having highland as a document management platform to fulfill that need and then highland workflow to be able to route the request the appropriate people and in departments to, to fulfill those requests and, and of course all the dashboards analytics to report on whether or not we're meeting you know legislative uh, uh, requirements in terms of turnaround times um, or our own internal metrics right that we have set forth with respect to uh, fulfilling requests that come in correct oh absolutely I mean imagine if, if you're a Regardless of your industry, you know, those analytics are super important. We, we've seen the public sector customers, uh, the government customers, looking at what you're, you're referring to from the FOIA request perspective. We have seen commercial customers looking at, um, you know, their EPA inspection regulations and looking at, um, you know, any of the issues that they've had and how quickly they can correct those to, to you know, get that manufacturing facility up and running again. Um, we've seen higher education customers look at their analytics. Where are our students coming from? What are our biggest um, demographic of students? You know, seeing that on that pie chart and, and where they come from, even be able to put them on a map, right? So we can dynamically take certain things and place them on a map. If we have a city, state, and address as data points, we can build a map for you live on the fly. So, um, you know, show me all the inspections that we have pending. Um, show me the past failed. You know, that that type of graph can be inherent within your dashboard. Um, so, you know, as you're talking through this, it, it really kind of helps me understand why um, Highland, you know, this is the build versus buy, right, in the marketplace. You guys, you know, you've bought some companies. Um, but when it comes to this specific offering, the Highland App Builder, that, that was an internally developed offering, correct, as opposed to an acquired offering? Do I have that correct? That's correct. Yeah, the, the only real acquired offerings that we've had over the years were some of the complement pieces, like, like our uh, enterprise search tool or uh, the agenda management uh, agenda process for government customers. So WorkView was first developed in OnBase 11, and it really, you know, taking it back almost 10 years now, um, wow. you know, it's, it, and I'll be honest with you, it wasn't nearly what it is today, right? So it's taken us a long road to get here. Um, even back when I was hired, we built, our, my first solution was built in OnBase 12, and I can tell you, wiring workflow, this app builder tool, uh, I'm sorry, wiring WorkView, the app builder tool, to a workflow process wasn't easy, right? So mm -hmm. uh, 
where we are today is leaps and bounds ahead of that. You know, you build your apps and your workflows essentially hand in hand through the process. So, um, yeah, to me, it's really powerful. And, and again, once you build it once, uh, to me, it's just as powerful to be able to go back and change what you've already built and make it better or tweak it. Um, you know, that's that's to to me one of the the downfalls of some of our competitors in the space. Um, even Microsoft Access, right? When you look at an Access database, it's pretty simple. You build your tables, you build your relationships. Well, you talk to an ID director that inherited this critical access <laughs> database. I can tell you it's can you help easier. Me? <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost easier for those folks to go build a new one than to go and change your access database. Um, so that's where I you think you know we shine. Yeah, you don't have to start over. Um, our goal is to constantly make those solutions better. Uh, oh, hey, we need mobile as a component. Okay, no problem. Let's go ahead and serve this up to those field workers in an iPad. You know, you're not rethinking the solution. You know, uh, the, the rapid application development environment, you hear this term called agile thrown out a lot. Um, does, does Highland App Builder lend itself well to agile development type of environment? And what, what does that mean to you guys when you hear that term? Getting to milestones. Uh, to me, Agile, the whole premise behind that is let's add up all these little small goals, and at the end of the day, we're going to have a really awesome offering, right, because it's going to have all this functionality. Rather than looking at, hey, let's build this massive, awesome offering, it, it's a lot difficult. It, it's a lot more difficult to get there without all those little milestones visualized. Um, WorkView is perfect for that because what we're able to do is start with the shell. Um, you know, we will sit our services department for the really large deployments. Um, I'll throw an, I'll throw an example out there. This we have a state agency that does every childcare inspection on a WorkView app today. Well, I can tell you, there's huge liabilities that tie to that, right? So your child's in a daycare facility and something terrible happens. You know, you want to make sure everything is up to protocol from a safety perspective. Well, they couldn't build that app live right on the fly on the go. So our milestones were basically, let's let's start with the shell. Every inspection is now going to have a digital record with a status, a due date, a location, along with any of the issues that have been found at that location. Mm -hmm. Then phase two was, all right, now we're going to add mobile as a component. Phase three was, now we're going to add this mapping component where if a field inspector is going to go out you know, and do those inspections, they could be a little bit more uh, proactive about where they're going based on the status of those inspections and where they were geographically located. Uh, it was very easy for us to conceptualize that and, and deliver that over that, that time frame because uh, we're just constantly building on that foundation, um, that foundational app that we started with. And, and what I'm hearing from you is it's, you don't throw out the old code um, or old configuration to then move on to the phase two or the phase three. You're building upon your phase one and your phase two and your phase three. And the platform, um, basically what you're doing is you're adding new capabilities or features or functions to your application as opposed to, you know, throwing out the code and starting all over and, and adding new functionality. Would, would that be correct? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so an example, the example I just provided was um, after they displayed all those violations to that that owner, uh, they now wanted to collect a digital signature. It legitimately took us five minutes to make that change. Huh. We added a digital signature to the form, made it required, and then saved a copy of that signature within our application. Uh, you know, if you were to go in and custom code a signature, even from some of the larger players, you think of someone like DocuSign, not only is that going to cost you time, but a, a big dollar sign that also accompanies yeah. that. You know, over the over the years, Jim, um, you know, we've talked to our customers. Nothing's more frustrating when you ask a customer, okay, so what do you, when, when I mention Highland OnBase to you, what do you think of? And inevitably their response back is, oh, you're the document imaging guy. Now, we use you for document imaging. Um, times have changed, right? I mean, it's this is no longer about just document imaging, right? The Highland platform. I mean, you, you really bring a plethora of technologies underneath the Highland umbrella now, right? Can you, can you, 
I mean, in, in WorkView or Highland App Builder is one example of that, but I mean, you get that kind of reaction to some, from some of your clients, and uh, um, it takes a little bit of time to educate them on all the different things that Highland does in the 21st century. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so document management, pigeonholed ourselves into that over the past 25, almost 30 years that we've been in the industry where it was uh, ECM, you know, uh, enterprise content management. Well, the, the analysts a few years ago said that's really dead, right? This, this goal, I think the whole goal of ECM over the past 25 years was get all your stuff into one place and then everything mm -hmm. will be so much easier. Well, I think we've realized that goal is A, not really feasible for most most organizations and b now that it's all here what do we do with it and that's where mm -hmm. we realize okay so now the data behind those documents is really a lot more powerful than the documents themselves you know so many customers have a form out there to collect some data and then ultimately take that piece of paper and move it through 10 steps you know when we step into an organization if i step in and we're competing against true document management off-the-shelf players, um, I, I take a step back and I, I really check and see, are we in the right deal or are they in the wrong deal? You know, um, mm. it, it, oftentimes you're right. It's up to us to educate our customers that, look, content management is a quarter of the problem, right? Sure, th there's a lot of industries, government, higher ed, that are really paper-reliant still where they have a lot of paper and file cabinets. Sure, that's, that's one part of it. But what that paper represents has really come to the forefront. It's a lot more important to manage a process well, to get those analytics and reporting behind it so you can make it better in the future. So, yeah, we've really moved from document management. I, I really look to, to what that customer does. If you're a government customer, what we really do is constituent management and budget management. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you are a higher education customer we help you manage your students better and student expectations and educators you know so what we do for each organization is very different um, you know business is changing so fast and so quickly that you know we see needs for applications I would never in a million years think of um, uh, here's an example you know this customer was never going to find an off-the-shelf piece of software for automobile test drive application processing. We have a customer in California that sells cars that are each a half million dollars plus. To go and test drive one of those vehicles, you have to apply and go through this application process, right? So they wanna check your finances, see are you even capable of purchasing this vehicle in the first place? So that customer was never going to find an off-the-shelf piece of software for that. They had to build it. And they chose mm -hmm. to build it using Onbase. Um, we'll dub that down a little bit. Uh, Flint, Michigan, the, the water crisis a few years ago. Mm -hmm. There's no off-the-shelf piece of software for residential lead sampling management. Well, we had a customer that built a solution for that. And then, you know, just talking about Agile, they realized, okay, now that we're testing all these and we've done 500 inspections, 150 of them are bad and we need to do something about it then they did phase two of now we did this inspection follow-up process so for any of the ones that tested high they automatically generate this service order that can be tracked and and thrown over for for the replacement team to go and fix so just an example of, of thinking from one step to another you know that's not document management the only document that was ever part of that was maybe the initial form that gets filled out for the inspection. Here was my results from, from the inspection. From that point forward, the document's gone. From that point forward, it's data management and task management and reporting and follow-up management. What, what's the after effect of that document that was submitted? So, you know, I think that's what we've realized is over the years, so many of those documents don't matter after they're submitted. What really matters is the data and, and how we're going to use it and how we're going to use it to either make our lives better, our business better, and our customers or constituents better. You know, I was going to ask you a follow-up question to like, well, hey, what markets do you see um, RAD or uh, Highland App Builder lending itself well to? But you've pretty much nailed 
a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, uh, government, commercial, uh, you know, uh, why, why don't you tell us a little yeah. bit about where you're, you're seeing some activities in, in the marketplace with uh, the whole rapid application development platform from Highland? So Highland, last year we consolidated our verticals. We go to market through four verticals. That is healthcare, uh, SLED, you know, that's the state and local government and higher education. So government and higher ed kind of roll up to the same now. Financial yeah. services and insurance. And then lastly, commercial. Um, we really see solutions in every single one of those, whether it's a financial institution for loan document tracking, whether it's a insurance uh institution doing fraudulent tracking, um, healthcare side of it. You know, we do payer solutions. We do um, patient tracking, uh, patient accommodations. You know, we refer to someone who has, you know, an ADA accommodation. And how do we fulfill that within the, the hospital? Um, I, I had mentioned a few from commercial side, uh, but really, you know, a, a few that apply to every one of those industries are things like I mentioned, contract management, vendor management, um, IT trouble ticket submission, uh, software and solution tracker. I can guarantee you if you went into a hospital and went to the IT director and said, how many pieces of software do you use today? Uh, you know, their head would probably explode. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's where we're at today. And, and again, um, you, know, I, you mentioned on it before, Paul, the, the build versus buy. You know, I encourage yeah. listeners, just think, where does your organization fall? Because it, it, there's no one who's right in the middle. Does your organization tend to build things from scratch or buy point apps to solve those specific needs? You know, if you are mm -hmm. one of those organizations that buy point apps, you know, how do you manage change? How do you, uh, how do you tie that into all the other moving parts that your business is involved with? So mm -hmm. that's where we can really help shine. You know, we see customers, you know, we've built apps that do nothing more than pull data from five different systems, consolidate it, and allow you to make decisions and, and maybe uh, a workflow behind it. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that's a, uh, an interesting point you bring up because if the customer's invested in the Highland platform, <clears throat> let's say they're, you know, they're utilizing the on-base document management, which is, you know, you're gonna find that just about everywhere, right? Um, if they go out and they're looking for let's call it a case management application, for lack of a better term, but insurance company underwriting a new piece of business, you know, taking apps, whatever, right? I mean, that's all uh, uh, examples of, of case management, patient walking into a hospital, uh, you know, admitting procedure, you know, triage, whatever, that's all case management. If I go out and I go look for a software package to do that, inevitably I have to integrate that with other systems inside the organization. So I'm going to be doing development, right? I can't really avoid it. I'm gonna have documentation that's gonna be part of that case uh, initiation process, whether it's an electronic form or paper-based forms or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Why not look at what you have already invested in with Highland before you go off and go out to the outside to go look for a software package to bring in that you gotta retrain all your employees that are on the IT development rollout, end user side of things, when they're already familiar with OnBase and all they need to do is add something like um, the Highland App Builder to their existing Highland platform and build off of that because they already know it. They've got 50%, probably better than that, of the knowledge that with Highland um, as opposed to going out and buying something foreign and bringing in and retraining and replatforming people and systems, et cetera, et cetera. Is that is that correct? Do you see it the same way? You, I, I do. And, you know, the biggest challenge, I think, is is both educating our customers as what it can do, right? Because what we're, what we're selling is essentially the, the, the tub of Play-Doh. You know, what it is <laughs> is what you can imagine. So it, 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 that's, I think, the disconnect is for years, again, Highland has had this product and um, it's, it's been called WorkView. It's been called Case Manager, you know. It all depends who you talk to, but when you say the terms case management, you know, uh, if I'm a social worker, case management means something completely different totally than different. if I'm an investigate. You know, a case to me is virtually anything. It's an issue, an investigation, a service request, a mm -hmm. uh, a contractor. You know, something that we need to capture, make decisions on, report on, or do something with. And um, 
yeah when, when you you're, you're right when you search case management software you know the first 10 <laughs> results i'm sure are more or less like patient driven cases mm-hmm. um, law you know court case management that type of solution but you're right every organization touches cases you know employee uh, onboarding an employee is a case uh, there's mm-hmm. multiple things that need to be done there. There's 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 things that need to happen on the back end. But um, yeah, you know, I I would just encourage customers to a try try to try to look at what we have available. We have a lot of different resources for them to see what WorkView is and how it can apply. But um, you know, really engage with you guys and our team. You know, we're happy to uh, you know do a demo or maybe define their specific use case and and. and um, like we were mentioning earlier, that new ACE file tool, that allows us to really whip up a proof of concept really quickly for someone to see. Um, and just a note on that, you know, if you're an IT director or if you're an, um, an applications development coordinator or someone within an organization that that's your job, how great is that for someone to come to you and maybe they show you the Excel file they're using today or their access database solution or their SharePoint solution, and you can very quickly nail down the requirements with that ACE file and spin up an app for them in an hour or two and say, hey, how does this look? Would this make sense to you? Um, and I can tell you, we've seen a lot of success with that this year. And, and to do that type of uh, engagement with a client, is there a charge for that type of uh, for service to come in and evaluate what they have and, and you know come up with a concept of how this could be addressed in the Highland App Builder? No, absolutely not. So. You know, we would typically start with like a remote meeting where we can do a demo or something like that. But if that customer has some some use cases and, uh, you know, requires an on-site meeting, we're happy to do that. And all of that is free of charge. You know, um, you know, we're seeing success, this organic su- success this year on our team, I think, specifically because um, it's more consultative. You know, I think you and I can both admit I- I've seen a customer buy something they didn't need, and that's a mess. You know, we're in the business now of, of really digging in, figuring out what you need, and starting mm-hmm. with that. Um, you know, and, and that's where we're seeing our success today. Well, enough talk. Um, you, you've, I think you've done a great job in giving us, a, uh, the viewers and listeners, a good overview of what uh, Highland App Builder is, formerly, well, still known as WorkView, but maybe it's changing. Um, how about a demo? Could you give us, you know, a brief overview of, of uh, Highland App Builder? and show us, you know, the proof in the pudding, so to speak? I absolutely can. You know, first, if you've never seen OnBase, this is our OnBase client, so you log in. You know, these are different uh, workflow queues that I might be part of that, you know, lets me know how many things are awaiting that. Um, these are actual workflow applications where um, this is part of my app, and this is like a task or something that I need to do. And in this case, this is public record request management, so these are public record requests that have been submitted that have to have someone do something with them. So let's just start there. Let's fill out a really quick electronic form. And again, this form, this is all built on our Unity form tools, so all configuration tools. Um, there's no uh, coding whatsoever. It's all drag and drop. So here, we're going to put test for IDT podcast. Put some information in. You'll see we can have an attachment. And we'll say that we want copies and submit this. So here is where we are going to take a massive leap away from standard document management. Once this form gets submitted, um, it's going to route directly into my application to manage public record requests instead of a workflow. Would, would this be like a form that's sitting on a public website of some agency? That's exactly right. And, and you know, okay. there's many examples of that. So here's an example. Um, South Carolina just went live with this form. So this is the South Carolina Department of Public Safety. Um, Mm -hmm. If you just go to their main website, you can actually find um, under their services tab, you'll scroll down and there's a FOIA request form. Uh, But basically this is the same exact process. You fill this form out on their website and this will then uh, drive directly into their application that they use to manage these you know, for the internal process. But this is a, wow. okay. a public-facing live example of that same exact concept. So once that form gets submitted, it routes into our system here. Here is the request number 167, test for IDT podcast. I go ahead and click this link, and you'll see 
this is looks a lot different from the form that we just submitted. This is now this shell or container to manage the process from end to end. So here you can see um, any of the request details, you know, the date it was submitted, the due date for that, which is automatically set based on my settings. Um, the request was submitted, who last modified it, um, the request number, who it's been assigned to. And then when I scroll down, you'll see, you know, my ability to assign tasks here, my ability to create notes, to create a to-do list. Um, on the left-hand side, we're able to see the documents that might tie to this request. And in this case, you might ask, how do we already have two documents? Well, one was the form that that individual filled out, and the other is the email notification that we sent to them automatically once we receive the request. Uh, the same exact thing will happen. Uh, I'll assign myself the administrator here, and again, you'll notice I've got some workflow tasks up here where I can make those decisions to maybe either approve or decline this request. So in this case, just for my demo, we'll approve it. You'll notice that it will stamp that it's been approved and we'll also fire another email to that requester letting them know that it's been approved. So, And these would these typically, without a solution like this, would be a, a series of steps that literally a, a, a clerk or, or somebody internal to the, the public uh, office would have to you know, get the, in, the the request that came in and then, you know, log that it was received on this date because they're required by law to do that, right? Isn't that part of the statutes in a lot of places that I have to acknowledge I received it and then send them back a, a, an acknowledgement that we we did receive your request and, you know, now the clock starts ticking, right, with respect exactly. to how long they have to, right? All, all of this stuff would be manual little Excel checklists or whatever that they would have to keep track of. And and what you're doing, what you just showed here, is a series of steps with really no people involved outside of the originator of the request, right? Um, everything else has been done automatically. Exactly, yeah. And not only that, so basically what you've seen so far can be managed by a form and a basic workflow. Where it really shines is at this step in the process. Okay, we've received the request. It's been approved. Now this request can really go many different directions, right? So some requests are really simple. Hey, I, I want to see the contract where the police bought all their new cruisers. Okay, no problem. Hey, I want every email between Commissioner Jim and Paul over the past, you know, 10 years. That's a little bit more difficult for us to, to fulfill. So in those cases, you can assign multiple departments to a particular request. So you can have five departments assigned to one request all mm -hmm. collaborating and working on it at the same time to try to finish it in time. But one other difference between that standard workflow and form routing is our ability to build this app. So at the top here, you'll see I have public record request as a new tab. That's my application for this. And you'll see I have filters. Here's those filters I was referring to before. So show me all public record requests that are in the system right now. Well, if you mention, if you remember, I mentioned you you can drag and sort this. So this looks a lot like Excel, but now I can take status, drag status up top. There's every public record request now sorted by status. Um, you can filter and full text search these. So I come here and I type in IDT, and there's the IDT podcast request that we mm -hmm. submitted. Um, mm -hmm. Just like I mentioned, we can dashboard this at any point in time as well. So there's every public record request. I click display as dashboard, this is going to create a dashboard for me of all my requests that are in the queue. And you'll wow. see here, this is also live. So here's um, all requests that are in progress. I go ahead and click that. There's all my requests that are in progress. Um, so no, develop, no development per se to create this dashboard. You just clicked on a button and it. somebody had to configure it obviously, but it's in terms of programming it to go and get this data that that really didn't that didn't exist correct correct yeah and, and we can dashboard any of the data any of the sheets that you you create here so any of the filters so I've created this you know my request due soon um, so this is looking at a time constraint saying hey if it's within three days of the due date show up in this filter um, and again this is a basic example um, we've seen a lot of production solutions that say things like uh, request by department where they're parsing out each department and now you're able to see uh, that holistic view of the process here. So 
and not only can we filter the data in this tile, but we can also create a calendar. So for a date-driven process like public records, you know, we can place these on a calendar, and here is the request that we just submitted. You know, it's pushing it 20 days out from the date of submission based on just my, my settings within my demo. And right mm -hmm. from the calendar, you can double-click and jump into that working view of that, that process. Just some other quick advantages or, or um, features I'd like to touch on. So we can create drag-and-drop functionality. So when we talk about document management, obviously, you know, this is our data management. We're managing the process here. But inevitably, documents might come in that are part of this. Um, whether it's on your email, your desktop, uh, an actual piece of paper that you're going to scan, we can manage all of that. So I can use this import button. You know, if I actually had a scanner, I could acquire that scanner and, you know, pull in a piece of paper. Um, mm -hmm. We can do drag and drop functionality. So if I drag this onto the screen here, OnBase is going to ask me, you know, what are you actually capturing? And you'll see it will automatically inherit any of the keywords off of this particular case or object. So it makes it really easy to manage these things. Um, I can add this to my personal page. If this is a case or an issue I'm going to be working this week or this month, I'll add it to my personal page so I can jump to it really quickly. You'll see that I have inherent history that ties to everything in the entire process here. So from an audit standpoint, you know, I click on the, my, my most recent change. You'll see the starting value and what the end value is. We see any of the workflow queues that it might be sitting in or currently processing through. We really get that granular you know, history that ties to any of the applications that we build. What you're showing there is really the simplicity. Uh, and you've demonstrated the integration of documents, of data, of tasks, of task assignments, documents or, or, or um, steps in the workflow where things might get routed into individual queues, um, timers, you know, due dates. All of this is inclusive inside this platform, and it's built without, again, I think this is the key, right, without actually somebody writing C++ code or C-sharp code to make this work. Is that, is that really one of the major takeaways here? Correct, yeah. It's all done through configuration through OnBase Studio. So, you know, if you're an existing OnBase customer, you're likely familiar with Studio, where you build workflows and things like that. If you're not, you know it's essentially the place that you go and you you can configure your workflows and configure your applications all through a drag and drop design, naming conventions, drop down menus, check boxes. Uh, we have absolutely no coding involved in this particular application. What about uh, in terms of the accessibility of this offering? Is it available through the web? Is it available through, um, you know, I have to be in my office to use it? What what What's the environment like in terms of being able to interact with um, the Highland App Builder application? Yeah, it, it also works with our web client, so um, I actually should have some, some emails coming through here very shortly. Uh, here's, here's one that was submitted in the past. We'll go ahead and just click on that one. This takes me right to my web client. I'll log in here, and just to show what that view looks like, you know, our web view is very, very similar. But yeah, so it's available through both the web client, um, the Unity client. We also have some mobile capabilities. So if, if those folks need to be, you know, and mobile is always, it's always strange to me. Do they need to actually retrieve the cases themselves and make changes to them? Can we interact with the case with a form? Uh, so it, it all depends on what that customer needs. But yeah, it's, it's really accessible uh, on the go, in the field, from a desktop, from a mobile device, from uh, a web client all part of our solution here. This is a well-thought-out, well-integrated solution that's part of a whole uh, ecosystem, the, the Highland ecosystem, if you will, and um, can address a variety of different needs at a customer in a variety of different marketplaces. Would that be a fair, fair way to sum that up? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, where we really shine is, is those processes. Uh, again, I, I'm not knocking point apps here. There are some point applications out there that are fantastic, that they do exactly what they're supposed to do. They're, uh, they come in with a great price tag. I'm not asking you to augment those. What, where I think you need to just think about your, your stack and you know, what you're going to be doing going forward is what a point app does is it really puts that on an island, right? So think about contract management. So contracts themselves 
don't really live on an island. A contract relates to a vendor. And if you have an issue with that vendor, is it reflective in the contract? You know, it, it, are those people in legal going to actually see that? Likely not. So that's where I think about something like vendor management, contract management, uh, vendor scorecards, all of that kind of plays in this nice ecosystem. And on the back end of it is document management, where we're actually storing the contracts themselves. You know, so many processes are like that, that don't live on this island, that they should be integrated and you should be able to tie them into other things. Um, that's where we really shine, you know, and we also shine at if you're using something like an Excel sheet or, or maybe multiple pieces of software, maybe you're using an Excel sheet with a SharePoint environment with document management on the back end to manage a process. You know, if you do nothing more than start with this shell where, you know, this form is going to be, be filled out and kick off a case, um, this we're going to get a handoff from some other system to generate this case. You know, if you do nothing more than generate that shell to keep track of the documents, tasks, notes, dates, people involved, you know, how much better is that than what you might be doing today? And, and most of the time customers are say, you know, the feedback is it's, it's light years ahead of, you know, managing it with email and SharePoint and a paper form and, uh, you know, all the other multiple ways that they might be doing it today. So, so if, if a customer has a legacy app, that's really due for refresh, right? And refresh usually means they go out in the market and seek an alternative to what they're currently using. And I got the build versus buy question, right, as an IT director. Really what we're saying is if, if you're a Highland customer, you, you really should look at um, the Highland app builder slash work view is your, your first starting point before you go to the outside market would that be a good piece of wisdom to leave our viewers and Absolutely. With? yeah okay. why buy something else if, if you can leverage something you already own today i mean and again most customers they don't realize they don't know what they don't know our, our, our tool is very very powerful internally we use it at highland for 70 plus production applications um, one of which is crucial to all of our customers and our partners like idt and that is our software change request process so Every customer or partner that says, we want the software to do this instead of that, that generates an SCR. And there's multiple customers and partners that might roll up to the same SCR. And then when our development team across the street is evaluating how do we do this, um, you know, they look at, okay, how many people are on each SCR? And, and they'll, they'll weigh and prioritize based on that. My point is, there's a third option. It's not build or buy. The third option there is right in the middle, and that's configure. You know, configure mm -hmm. something that you already own, you already bought it, uh, and now you're going to build it with configuration, right? So, um, you know, we're really kind of bridging the gap there between those two options. And uh, just to touch on licensing really quickly, the licensing behind all of this, it's not, you know, all or nothing. Um, our app development tool is all licensed on the same workflow licensing you might be familiar with today, which is like concurrent or named licensing. So, you know, you don't have to buy this massive investment to try this. You could buy five licenses to get started and deploy a solution and work with IDT and, and Highland uh, to get that up and running and then see where it fits. You know, you can always add more licenses or, or change that solution going forward. When you see a customer start out with WorkView um, Highland App Builder, and they get a taste of it. What what has the reaction been like with customers? What 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 do you typically see as the uh, the response back from them after they've tried it? So we have a very notable university. Um, I'm sure everybody would know them if I mentioned them, but basically they built many solutions using OnBase and basic workflow and forms. Uh, they built seven solutions over a three-year period uh, on OnBase. In the same three-year period from the time they started investing into WorkView, they have 36 applications up and running. You know, and a few of those were solutions they previously built in that Unity Forum workflow type solution. And the reason it took them so long to deploy them was because they were so complex. You know, so if, if you whiteboard out your workflow and it looks like a spider web, you might need an application instead of a workflow. Um, mm. so, so that's where we, we really see it shine.
but yeah, we, we see people really taking hold of it like fire. So from seven applications in three years to 36? That's correct, yeah. So that, that's amazing. You know, yeah, six that's X, an amazing story. Six times more development. Um, and keep in mind, their IT staff remain the same. Uh, they didn't hire any additional developers. And, and again, we're, we're building on all that workflow knowledge that those folks had. All they needed was to learn the work view component. And now they're able to take two really, really powerful tools and mesh them together to, to again, build 36 solutions in a three-year period. Is, is uh, WorkView Highland App Builder a good um, place to look towards solving a problem if you've reached, a, let's, let's say, an impasse or you know, exorbitant expense with your main line of business application you're using, and it's like, oh, they want all this money and time, and it's going to take us, you know, a year, two years to build it out in XYZ software platform. Is App Builder, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Highland App Builder, is that a, a place to consider as the alternative to to that uh, to that approach? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we can provide quick, you know, a quick solution off the gate and constantly build it and make it better over time. Uh, and again, I, I know I've mentioned forms that, that come over a lot, but what actually drives that case generation or that creation can be virtually anything. Um, we can tie into a database live on the back end and generate those cases. Um, so, you know, virtually anything from, from the uh, legacy systems, third-party systems, ERPs, those line of business applications mm -hmm. that we have to tie into, you know, we can augment or, or complement any any point along the way there. Well, awesome, Jim. This was uh, extremely helpful, and, I, and I'm sure our viewers and listeners got a lot out of it. Um, and uh, we could probably continue talking even longer and show me some more uh, examples of use cases and things like that. But I know our time's a little bit limited, and uh, you've already spent well over an hour with us here this this morning. So I, I greatly, greatly appreciate uh, you taking the time out of your day to spend with us to educate us a little bit more on Highland App Builder, what, what has been known as WorkView. And uh, thank you for taking the time to uh, take us through this journey. Thanks for having me, Paul. And uh, I'm, I look forward to doing it again soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Hey. Hey, Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Highland Software, what you've been doing over the years. Um, you've been there quite a while. Age doesn't show it. I know you've been there for a number of years. So uh, give us a little insight into Mr. Morrison and what you've been doing at Highland Software. You know, prior to Highland, I worked for a, a VOIP company that was acquired by Microsoft. So I was very familiar with like the vendor channel and that concept of, of how that all worked. Um, I started Highland in our channel sales team, so I worked with partners like IDT, uh, managing all the little requests and issues that, that might come up. Um, kind of got my feet wet with that, and then I moved over to our government team. So I spent five or so years on the government team, and there's so many processes in government that lend themselves more towards our app builder platform versus WorkView that I really got my feet wet and started to build apps and, and uh, learn that tool. And, uh, over the past year and a half or so, we've managed the um, workflow, work view selling team that manages mm -hmm. the, the work view specific applications, um, and we really apply across all verticals. So this is the first year that we set this specific team up, and um, it's been very exciting, and, and we've seen a great year so far. So outside of work, what does Jim like to do? Um, I, I hear rumors that uh, you're a bit of a shark hunter, so uh, <laughs> why don't you clue us in on... on and what you do there, on a serious note, you kind of do some cool stuff uh, with sharks uh, outside of just the, the, the hunt and, and, and fishing them. But uh, sure. tell us a little bit about that, what, what you're doing there. Yeah, so, I mean, outside of work, I got my, my wife and two kids and a third one on the way. Um, but, you know, one of my biggest hobbies is fishing. And uh, in general, I love to fish for big fish. And we fish for sharks off the beach. Um, it's all catch and release. We don't kill anything. Um, and we tag them. We have two different kinds of tags we use. One is a tag that's provided by NOAA, uh, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Association. And those are just numbered tags uh, with just data that we record. And then the other are called spot tags. And those are actually GPS-enabled tags. Um, it's funny, actually, we're, we're talking about the topic of App Builder. 
I build an application here at Highland uh, in my little demo system to track our shark catches. So, you know, if you don't awesome understand, <laughs> yeah, if, if you don't understand relational databases, this is going to be about as easy as it gets, right? So you have a shark, all the data about that, the species, the length, the sex, the type, etc. You have the angler, the name, all of that. Well, those two things are completely unrelated until you create that catch record. And the catch record relates that angler to the shark uh, okay. with a location, date and time, bait type, surf type, etc. And then we can throw these on a graph or put them on a map right from our application now. So that's pretty cool. That's a, an intriguing use of uh, work view. <laughs> it is. It is. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, over the past few years, we've had uh, some really crazy catches. We had a catch last year that was uh, tagged in 1998 in Panama City, Florida, and we caught it 20 years later, seven feet longer um, in Jacksonville, Florida. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So what's the what's the biggest the biggest shark you've caught? It was a 12 foot 11 inch hammerhead shark off the beach, uh, estimated about 800 pounds. And uh, do that solo, or did you have a did you have a, a crew Oh no, it? we have about <laughs> five guys with that, a harness, a reel. You know, uh, you got to have a leader guy and a tail rope, and I mean it it gets a little crazy. Oh, that's that sounds like fun though. That that will get the blood pumping. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, awesome. Um, thanks for thanks for sharing that uh, info. Awesome. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. See ya. Thanks.